Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America, and we warmly welcome you all. Thank you for joining us. We'll begin with our morning prayer. Good, good morning, everyone. I'm reading from Divinity Course and General Collectania, page 63, The Christian Scientist's Prayer. There is no matter and no mortal mind. God is all in all. All is harmony, health, holiness. This is the prayer unceasing to be used on all occasions and at all times. It lays the axe at the root of unreality, materiality, that forbidden tree, and cuts it down. Preserve a sacred silence on this subject of prayer. Signed, author of Science and Health. Beautiful, thank you. All right, the watching point. Watch number 208. Watch lest you use... We have a bad echo. Um, if you're muted, it's because we're getting an echo. Watch number 208. Watch lest you use the scientific statement of being, thinking you are being scientific, when your underlying purpose is the elimination of unpleasant or painful sensation and are arguing the truth about matter and its so-called laws for the purpose of returning to pleasant sensation. An airplane needs two wings in order to fly. Flight would be an impossibility if perchance one wing was frozen to the ground. If one seeks on the one hand to throw off painful sensation and on the other hand retain pleasurable sensation, he need not be surprised if his demonstration falls short of the skies and fails to accomplish its purpose. The scientific statement of being embodies the spiritual truth that is designed to free one from the belief of the flesh in order that his thought may assimilate itself to God and he may awaken from this fleshly dream. But a one-sided use of it shows immaturity of thought and a weak application of its great power. Mrs. Eddy sought to rouse students to a broader comprehension and use of this rule by including in her illustration of pleasurable sensation that which the world does not frown upon with that which is condemned by most thoughtful Christians." End quote. Okay, hey, comments. I really had to think about this to see if I was being obedient to what it really means. So it's, it's good. It's a good reminder and uh, not for us not to slip into that. Okay, and what does it really mean? For me, it means it, it, there's nothing else but God, and there is no matter. And uh, so when you start thinking about something that you would like to heal or whatever, go back, 
go back to God, just do what you're supposed to do, adore him first, and then everything will work out. Okay. Thank you. Who else? Well, I know that since I've been raised in Christian science, I have heard this science, you know, I've, I've known it since I was a child, but I also used it to heal, you know, problems. And um, it's just been over the last few years since coming here that I realized that that really was not, it's more than that. And that this, the whole um, point of it is to know that there is no matter, healthy matter or sick matter. Either one is wrong. And um, we, that's, that's uh, very important, very important to know and make sure that we're not just trying to use it to, to heal and get back to our pleasant human experience or our fleshly dream, she calls it. Thank you. That's a good explanation. Thank you. Where, where do we get this except from Carpenter? Jeremy? I just wanted to say it made me think that um, only going as far as getting to the point where everything is pleasurable humanly is not putting off mm-hmm. mortality, mm-hmm. putting on immortality. Thank you very much. And this is often, and that was certainly my goal too, before I learned all of this, just to make your life pleasant in matter. There's no, there's no way that can happen. And those of you who tried it, like myself, realize that it doesn't, it does not work. <laughs> so that's, that's not the aim. And that's, this is where the science goes to a deep, much deeper level. And I can remember I was in, I was in science for a long time and even in this church for a long time. And I remember the very moment when I realized that um, all is infinite mind and it's infinite manifestation for God is all in all. I, I, it was that what they call the aha moment or something. I thought, wow. And then it led the Pentecostal moment. (laughs) Right. And then, and it was then I realized that I had nothing to fear because God is all in all. Therefore that's all there is. And when we see something that's not right, it is a misconception, an illusion, but it's not, it's not the truth. And that's how we heal it and correct it. And these are the deeper lessons of, of science. And we're going to talk more about this scientific statement of being. I've heard, you know, even recently people saying they don't really understand it. Um, but that's okay. <clears throat> I mean, who who can claim that they fully understand it? Um, yeah. But we can catch a glimpse of the truth of it if we obey it, because it's the truth. And that's what happened to me that day, that I caught a glimpse of the truth of it. Because like Karen, I, I can remember in, being in my backyard, walking around in circles, trying to memorize it for Sunday school class, a scientific statement of being. And thinking about it, but not really understanding it. Go ahead. 
I, I'm grateful that our Sunday school taught us and that I, I was. I was required to learn the scientific statement of being. I, I was required to memorize the three daily duties. Um, I was required to learn the books of the Bible. I learned all those in Sunday school. And again, I remember walking around in my backyard, repeating it to myself. And later when we get into that wonderful healing that Parthen sent to us about the uh, that family during the Galveston flood, the truths that they learned that they had memorized because they couldn't get with their book out, could they? They had them in memory. Those were the angel thoughts that came to them at that time. I think and that's why, you know, this, like this short prayer Mrs. Eddie gives about there's no matter, no mortal mind, something simple that you can remember all the time. Uh, it's very useful. Thank you. Just a simple statement of truth that will come to you. And I, I had um, quoted this. It was a beautiful article that um, Carrie had sent me to do with the uh, Bible study yesterday about the, the gates of heaven. Open the gates of heaven. And it brings out, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, <clears throat> those gates of heaven are available to you. It's, it's a wonderful thought. And, and in that dire situation with the, the family in Galveston flood, they were able to enter the gates of heaven, even in that extreme situation. Harriet in the movie was able to enter the gates of heaven of total protection and protecting others in an extreme <clears throat> situation. God's protecting power, it's always available. We have, as Mrs. Eddy says in her chapter on prayer, audience with spirit. That always just gives me chills. Audience, audience with God. Always, always. You're never without that access if you know it and use it. And I gave this recently before, too, but it was this article by Clarence Chadwick. We had it in the Liberator little while ago, Christian Science of Practical Religion, and he's speaking about the scientific statement of being, and he said, a recent experience will serve to illustrate a certain remark made to me. And I repeat over and over again the scientific statement of being, but I can't understand it. <clears throat> and then he quotes it. And then the question is, do you accept this statement as God's word? or simply as Mrs. Eddy's opinion? The answer was, I accept it as Mrs. Eddy's statement. <laughs> then I replied, then you have not accepted Christian science as the revealed truth, but almost unconsciously are clinging to the belief that you really had an understanding of truth before science and health with key to the scriptures was given to the world. And this is the very thought that admits a failure to understand the scientific statement of being. This thought can only see Mrs. Eddy as a good woman personally, rather than in her true light as the inspired author of Science and Health. Consequently, you fail to discern the new idea, 
not having made room for it to come in. If you read the textbook and something so powerful and deep as a scientific statement of being is just Mrs. Eddy, a little woman that gave it to you, you will never grasp what it means. If you understand this is God speaking to you, his word, until it gives you shivers up and down your spine, then you can begin to sit at the feet of Jesus, as we said yesterday, and to understand this truth. It requires seeing her as who she was, as the woman in Revelation, that this is the word of God given to us for this age and to have this reverence and respect for it in order to understand it. I'll never forget when Benjamin in Nigeria read Science and Health for the first time and he grasped, he said, no person could have written this book Kawabanga, okay? He got it. That's why for us to think that we can't get it or that people in other nations can't get it is malpractice and is foolish. And when it was clear to Mrs. Evans that Benjamin got it, (laughs) we invited him to come and visit. And we bought him a one-way plane ticket. (laughs) (laughs) The plane field way. (laughs) And he came and stayed. And he has been our clerk for several years. And he is a fine Christian scientist. And of great use to us. You can hear it in his testimonies. His understanding. And he keeps telling, we always remark every time we're together with him, he tells us this new story that we've never (laughs) heard before. Benjamin is full of the most interesting stories. So for when you come to Plainfield someday, you'll have to listen to Benjamin. Benjamin could just talk for hours with all his stories and the way he's used his science throughout his life. It's, It's just wonderful what God can do when we open ourselves up to him. Now, I'd like Florence. Florence found something in miscellany that I wanted her to share with us. It's very important right now. Yes, it's on page 344 of miscellany. And uh, you know, going around, going around, Mr. Sedi has given us everything, the answer. And it's, it says about infectious diseases. And the question is asked, then as to the laws, the health laws of the states on the question of infectious and contagious diseases, how does Christian science stand as to them? And she says, I say, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. We cannot force perfection on the world. With vaccination of any avail, I should tremble for mankind, but knowing it is not, and that the fear of catching smallpox is more dangerous than any material infection, I say, where vaccination is compulsory, let your children be vaccinated and see that your mind is in such a state that by your prayers, vaccination will do the children no harm. So long as Christian scientists obey the laws, I do not suppose their mental reservations will be thought 
to matter much. But every thought tells, and Christian science will overthrow false knowledge in the end. I just love three points in here because when she says that we cannot force perfection on the world, all through her writing, she shows this respect and rather sympathy and pity for those who don't understand the science yet. And so I think she, what she says here is so beautiful that we cannot force it, but then it doesn't mean we condone it or we go along with it, but in our own prayers, to make sure that our thought is such that we know for sure that this here cannot do any harm to our children or anyone. And then her other point that I love, in all addressing anything like this, she, she emphasizes clearly, she opposes tyranny of any kind. But then she says, just wait and see who wins. And in this particular <laughs> She says, Christian science will overthrow false knowledge in the end. And she says a similar thing in, on page 80 of miscellaneous writings, also addressing, you know, materia medica and its tyranny. And she says that in the end, <laughs> she says, let, let each society of practitioners, the metaphysicians and the metaphysicians, agree to disagree and then patiently wait on God to decide, as surely he will, which is the true system of medicine. So, I mean, she gives the answer. Um, and I, I guess the other article that uh, Keaston wrote also says a few things. I'm sure everybody will read it themselves. But again, um, where it's not mandatory, you know, why take it? And one-on-one, -on -one, individually, we prayerfully make our decisions. But we cannot doubt our own stand and then think that uh, we are helping this cause in our, you know, in our standard of not going along with what Material Medica does. Well, the lesson tells us matter. No matter, no mortal mind. So I think that, you know, people can read it themselves and prayerfully gain what they need to from it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. That could probably be made an article too, because I, I couldn't <laughs> say that any better. We, we, you know, what more can I say than what Mrs. Eddy said? It is also, I, and I gave this to you a couple of weeks ago in the red book, repaid pages, 62 to 63. She addresses it. And there again, she says, rather than quarrel over being vaccinated, I recommend that if the law demand an individual to submit to this process, he obey the law and then appeal to the gospel to save him from any bad results. Whatever change belongs to this century or any epoch, we may safely submit to the providence of God, to common justice, individual rights, and governmental usages. So, and then we did, as Lawrence mentioned, we had a something that Keaston sent us, which is a very strong statement as to why not to take, take it. And um, I think well, we'll put it on the website, but not on the carousel, because it, it it's a could, good treatment. It's a good treatment, but it could be misused, shall I say, misused. And we have seen Christian scientists who try to demonstrate something they are not ready to demonstrate when they're full of fear 
or their family is, is uh, you know, upset about things, you must individually demonstrate what is right for you. And no one can tell you that. And ultimately, it's nobody's business if you took a vaccination or not. <laughs> it's your business between you and God and perhaps your practitioner. And that gets back to what Florence was saying. In the end, you know, one system will be proven to be correct. And what is the end? When is the, when is the end? Right? right? Well, it's within each of our own consciousnesses. And the end is the end of belief in matter. That is the end. And it happens for each one of us at different times. Yes. So, and it's individual. And it's not going to come to the whole world until every individual comes to the realization that there is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. So we come to that end individually. And hopefully, hopefully we all come to it before we pass through that experience that is referred to as death. But it's a growth process. And when you get there, you know you're there. <laughs> if you don't know you're there, then you're not there. And, and but it, keep trying. Keep well, working at it. Well, it's not, it's not that you've ever really arrived either, because it's constant unfoldment. You know, it's constant unfoldment. And I don't know. I think that goes on ad infinitum. Absolutely. So until you ascend. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we hope now, because we do have people asking us about this a lot, Florence and I. So this is this is what we say. All right. And um this is a cave. I, I just I've been thinking about it lately too, about how if if we want to be a good example for our families and show them that these things don't have an effect we can't put off that we're afraid of the vaccine you know <laughs> we have to show them that it's clear sailing through the whole thing so thank you well and it's true some people you know want don't want to take it just because they're afraid of it that's no reason <laughs> you have to work through this you you cannot you cannot be superficial in this in this science and that's where the science has gotten such a you know terrible name um, you know, Mrs. Evans would often enthuse to the to the subject. There was someone actually, I think she went to our church. She used to send her she sent her kids to school with the measles or something. Oh, God is wonderful. God is love. Just doing the stupidest things. So Christian science is common sense. It is love for our brother, including our family members who might be concerned about us. It's all of these things. And each one, you're all individually emerging into the light and you all have to follow your line of light what your conscience tells you and if you do that and you're honest to yourself to god to your maker to your friends and family <laughs> practitioner honest in all ways you can't go wrong honesty is spiritual power dishonesty is human weakness which forfeits divine help so just be honest and you'll be okay Whatever you do.
I think, you know, it's a, such a beautiful uh, way of being compassionate, Mrs. Eddie, in, in these writings, how she says even to um, have sympathy or pity the doctors who, who are so adamant on this because they don't know. Yes. And sometimes I think myself how fearful I used to be. Thank God medical thing wasn't one of my fears, but anything that anybody's afraid of, how paralyzing it can be. And I think, my goodness, if I was afraid of this, you know, with all the news and everything going on, how frightened I would be. And so what she's saying, we don't go along with it, but we pray, you know, for ourselves and, of course, for everyone else. Yes. We, we see that. People are just so afraid, so afraid. And... There can, they can be dogmatic on both sides, whether, you know, Christian scientists can be dogmatic about whatever and the others, too. So um, about taking it or so we must neutralize whatever's bitter in the world, Mrs. Eddie says, and taking offense. So, and build more in, in what will win in the end. <laughs> yes, and, that's, and it is. It is winning in the end. We must never doubt that. And I know all of you have told you before in Watches, Prayers, and Arguments to be working with often what she writes about Materia Medica. Because we are, this is 11, and we are overturning, overturning, overturning. And, and all, all will come and sit at the feet of Jesus and not be impressed with other systems, false systems. So... So, concerning the scientific statement of being, I've read this recently. It's in Waymarks from Retrospection and Introspection. I, Carol is putting it in the next Liberator as well. But it, Mrs. Eddy says, St. Paul said to the Athenians, for in him we live and move and have our being. This statement is in substance identical with my own. There is no life, truth, substance, nor intelligence in matter. It is quite clear that as yet, this grandest verity has not been fully demonstrated, but it is nevertheless true. If Christian scientists reiterate St. Paul's teaching, we as Christian scientists should give to the world convincing proof of the validity of this scientific statement of being. Having perceived in advance of others this scientific fact, we owe to ourselves and to the world a struggle for its demonstration. It's not just going to come easy, and we should struggle for it. We should work for it. And here, you've heard we've had healings of this nameless nothing, <laughs> and we've proven there's nothing to fear and so, but this is this is our struggle, and this this is much better than all the words or preaching or lecturing we can do to other people. Show by our works what it is. And the I think you know, as scientists, the important thing to keep in mind is that all of these so-called diseases, all of them, whatever they're called are aggressive mental suggestion. This is not unhealthy matter. This is aggressive mental suggestion. And we, as Christian scientists, are learning 
to defend our consciousness against this invasion of aggressive mental suggestion. So we, at any point in time, have to decide, how do I protect myself from this aggressive mental suggestion? And this is what we're discussing now. And the answer is God. As much as we understand of the truth that God is, as much as we recognize the life that God is and the love that God is, these are all the things that we've been talking about this morning. As much as we recognize those and acknowledge those as our life, as the only truth, as the only love, the only wisdom, the only intelligence, then it takes it out of the realm of matter and puts it where it belongs. And all the fear. Now, the human mind loves to, loves to create fear, doesn't it? Right? It brings it. Yeah, there are, you know, there are, you know, there are bad political systems that use fear to promote themselves. And this is what this is a lot of what's going on right now. Advertising too. Advertising by the drug companies, propaganda from politicians. I mean, constant you know, repeating and repeating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if, over and over and over. You know, there's this belief that if you if you tell a lie often enough, people will start to believe it. Well, and that's all that's going on with these so-called diseases. So, so you stand porter at the door of thought. You don't allow it in. And it's work. It's a struggle. It it's a struggle that we must all do. But we you, owe, I really like that. We owe that struggle. <laughs> we owe that struggle to the world. Yes, we do. And we are helping advance the world light years ahead of where it would be. And this is most important work. Now, there was a testimony. It was in an old liberator. Not that old. Um, but I, I would like it again. Um, it was from Eaglet in Florida. Um, and she said she grew up in a loving Christian science home where Christian science was cherished and practiced. And, and her, their practitioner was Carpenter. Or at least, no, excuse me, that might not be right. It was a practitioner who was taught by Carpenter. And they had a lot of access at that time the carpenter writings and so she said that a brother 10 years at the time they believed he had german measles a practitioner was called her brother was healed quickly and the practitioner prayed to no man was immune from disease as well as there was no contagion and no one in the family got it and then later when she was older she said she um, had a sleepover with her best friend in high school and it turned out her friend, who wasn't a Christian scientist, was sent home with German measles. And this, in this case, it was medically confirmed as her father was a medical doctor. But she never came down, this eaglet never came down with any of the symptoms of the disease. And then later, when she had to have a blood test, much later, she said she was in her early 40s, um, 
The doctor said, your tests are all fine. And oh, by the way, you still have immunity to German measles. Because <laughs> they thought she'd been vaccinated, but she had not been vaccinated. God is our immunity, if you know it. But you've got to be working this science all the time. You can't be stupid about it. And, and if you aren't working it and you just want a quick fix, then, then that's not science. Not science, and you'd better get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah you better, and you, you're better to get vaccinated. And, and, and um, Rick Dell Young, it's in 1936, he says if you've got family members that are concerned about you, do whatever you need to do. Um, and Mrs. Eddy says the same. It's all love and your motive. If your motive is love and if you're honest, You'll be, as I said, okay. Because you'll be not have fear in your home. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. it. Exactly. Because the fear of disease is the disease. Yeah. Mrs. Eddy states that somewhere. Yes. So we wanna we, we, we wanna get rid of the fear of disease. And if you're living with it, do whatever you gotta do to get rid of the fear. This is why Jesus put people out of the room before he was able to heal people. Right? Yeah. He, 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 had, to, he had to get everybody out of the room who had a fearful thought. This is our work. This is, can be our struggle. And it's given, we must accept it lovingly today. Doesn't Mrs. Eddy say that? Each day we have opportunities to prove the power and presence of God in our lives. So I loved. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is a thought I just had about you had mentioned about knowing that the scientific statement of being and all of Mrs. Eddy's writings are revealed truth. I think a lot of people think that this pandemic and the vaccine are revealed truth. So <laughs> yeah. you got to know which side you stand on. Well, and that's it. That's why we study and pray and, and right. get our facts right. Because they are, in fact, revealed error. Yeah, it's revealed. And error is revealed. Error reveals itself in order to what? Destroy itself. Destroy itself. Thank you. So this is always, always lurking, you know, lurking, lurking, lurking around. And so let it come out to the surface to be healed. It's nothing to fear, just era exposing itself. And I love Louise in, in the forum, definition of matter from various sources, that which is visible or tangible, physical object, occupy space, has mass, composed predominantly of atoms and the observable universe, the formless substratum of all things which exist only potentially and upon which forms acts, form acts to produce realities. And then Christian science definition. The illusion that the objects perceived by the physical senses have the reality of substance. And then she says the characteristics of matter appear 732 times in the textbook, 534 in prose works. And then this week's lesson citations. What is matter? This is just in our lesson. What is matter? Has no life to lose. Has no truth. Has no intelligence. Has no substance. Is erroneous mortal belief. Is unreal. Is temporal. Is material. Did not originate in God. Is not eternal. Is not substantial can never be sick, is the medium of man, 
has no consciousness or ego, cannot act, its conditions are illusions, false conditions, cannot talk, ache, swell, have pain, or be inflamed, is wholly inadequate to affect a man, only has supposed organic action or existence. And then quoting miscellaneous writings, God is all in all. What can be more than all? Nothing. And this is just what I call matter. Nothing. Jim always likes to say, matter doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) And then she says, I am so, and you can just feel her enthusiasm. I am so grateful to know, thanks to our beloved leader, that matter is just a big zero, nothing, no thing. Such glorious freedom from fear this gives us. Why should we stand aghast at nothingness? And that's science and health. So honestly, and then I always love this. It's miscellaneous writings, questions and answers, page 74 and 75. If God does not recognize matter, how did Jesus, who was the way, the truth, and the life, cognize it? And then she goes about all his earthly mission was to translate substance into his original meaning, meaning mind. He walked upon the waves. He turned the water into wine. He healed the sick and the sinner. He raised the dead and rolled away the stone from the door of his own tomb. He sure demonstrated over matter. And then she says, if you will admit with me that matter is neither substance, intelligence, nor life, you may have all that is left of it. <laughs> okay, so all that it's left. <laughs> we, we just have this whole list of everything it is not. Whatever's left of it, just enjoy it all you want <laughs> because there's nothing left of it. Yeah, no lawyer could find a loophole around all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, you, I think, uh, sorry, Mary, if you're not finished. Well, yeah, I'm just going to finish the quote. And sure. you can have all that is left of it, and you will have touched the hem of the garment of Jesus' idea of matter. Christ was the way, since life, truth, and truth were the way that that gave us, through a human person, a spiritual revelation of man's possible earthly development. Okay, go ahead, Florence. I just want to make the point that this here, where matter cannot talk, ache, swell, have pain, or be inflamed. I know that when we have pain, sometimes we forget that it, it is, it's not matter. And therefore, we get into it right in the beginning, and then it's a struggle. But just remember, this is not matter. It doesn't ache. It, it doesn't. Smell. It does. It's yeah. as mortal it's like, mind is talking. Mm-hmm. And what is mortal mind? It is a tarnished. We talked about mind a few weeks ago. The mind is of God. This is a, you know, you've let your mind of God get tarnished into believing these things because you've been listening to the wrong voice. And again, Kimball, page 130, teaches and addresses pain. I know what you are. Your belief of life and matter. I was born into it. will die out of it. It's always, always the basis of it. And if, again, if you know there's no matter, well, then you can get your victory. Florence, did you want to say more? Oh, no, because pain seems to be one of the common things. Of course, it comes with the fear, right? So it's just to remember that it's not matter because I know often you really believe in that it's it. it is matter. Um, it's just a, one of the crucial points here, I feel, we have to be aware of. And also with the scientific statement of being, 
I think um, even children, amazingly, we taught in our Sunday school, and what they do with it is amazing. They put their own words to make them see that I am spiritual, I am spiritual, and therefore any lie that comes, I must reject initially. And I say that because a lot of the writings, the early workers say, what you do with the error that comes initially determines you know, the course, how, whether it takes long to overcome or what, to reject it. But some often, you know, uh, not being alert, we accept it. Thank and you. then here, here the, the struggle begins. So That's right. Uh, that's why Mrs. Eddy says, be so instant in truth. Yeah. Error is always too late. Agree with thine adversary quickly. <laughs> you that's, got why the, that's why the pages 390 to 393 in Science and Health are so essential. Yes. You jump on it immediately. It's worth reading every day. It's why we've been taught here immediately if anything happens. God, good. Yes. Because that negates the the negative that something was not good but if you go oh i wonder what that is or, oh this really hurts and you know it hurt me yesterday too and my goodness i'm a and then on and on Jeremy. maybe because it's this maybe because it's this. <laughs> and, and i'm gonna google let's see yeah. now i have this little thing and what is oh my down with it when <laughs> you're in bed with it yep and like carpenter said if for the ice you get a first rise before going yes. back to shore, don't swim under the ice. So and you rise, and you, and you rise with what? With God. With joy. With joy. Yeah. Get with joy. That's right. It's the first one. Yep. That's, yes. But you know, think think of it. If if you wonder about the scientific statement of being, here here's this very simple example. Can you raise your arm without wanting to raise your arm? <laughs> It may, Mrs. Eddy says, muscles cannot move without mind moving them. Yeah. Try to raise your arm without wanting to raise your arm. <laughs> <laughs> see what matter can do. <laughs> see, see if that muscle can actually do anything on its own. It can't. Matter has no intelligence. It has no... So, don't give it any. That's a nice compilation, and by the way, Louise. Uh, it was. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Absolutely. If you ever think. So, thank you, Louise. That was well, well said. Um, now, Parthen's a story. These, we have a few examples of this wonderful power of God. Um, to act, proving truly the unreality of matter when it's just even swirling around, screaming in your face. And it's about the, I hope most of you have read it, but the it came from the December 6, 1900 Christian Science Sentinel in an unforgettable practical lesson on refusing to be distracted by what appears to be an overwhelming display of mortal mind alias matter. The Great Galveston Hurricane of 1900 and the deadliest storm in the United States history. And I looked it up. Um, Galveston at that time, it was one of the wealthiest cities in the United States. They considered, they considered it the Wall Street of the Southwest. And 
because of that, and I mean, this was even in Wikipedia, I think it said that people with the wealth, with the wealth came a sense of what? <laughs> Pride. Pride, Comfort, yes. Comfort, relax. Compla- complacency. 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 And there was a meteorologist. Meteorologist. Thank you. Meteorologist <laughs> at that time who was saying, because there were a lot of storms in that area, always there have been. Well, he was saying that area is protected. It's just fine. Sounds like the Titanic. Just fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Eric Larson wrote a book about it called Isaac's Storm. Anyway, and then right before the storm was about to hit, I think the same person was running around madly telling everybody, get the heck out of Dodge. (laughs) It was coming. So it had 145 mile per hour winds, 15 feet storm surges, flooded the whole city. And it happened fast. Now, the story. Anyone want to tell me the salient points? Well, there was no demonstration at all. There was no one taking right. Mrs. Eddie would have had them stand at the window and, and see the presence of God and, and see the cloud disappear. There was nothing of that going on. Well, there was. That's the, the point of the story. Yeah, the oh, point of the story. Oh, yeah, this was, was a, well, there was a Christian science family. Yeah. And they first... There were many storms that had come around that area, so they at first weren't too alarmed, but then their neighbor asked for their help, and um, so they were going to go out and help her, but the the water was rising so fast they couldn't get out of the house. And they were there. It was a couple, their little six-year-old daughter, and I think they said uh, uh, someone who helped in the house who was also a Christian scientist. So the water rose quickly, and pretty soon... It was up to their necks. And while that was going on, they were praying quietly. Um, The 91st and the 93rd Psalm were read. Science and Health, page 189. Someone should look that up for me. But anyway, and uh, Suzanne looked up the 93rd Psalm, which is the part, the floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted lifted up their voice, the floods lift up their waves, but the Lord is high, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. So they they knew these. They knew these. They didn't have to go to their book. They were memorized, and, and the 91st Psalm as well. So they were praying, and and. They said they were not afraid. The woman said maybe when it got up to her neck, she was a little afraid. But, but And they had this six-year-old girl who was praying, too, very sweetly. So they got the idea to stand on the oven, the stove. The stove was the only thing that was connected, wasn't floating. And they were able to stand there and stand there and stand there for what it I think it was five in the afternoon till two in the morning. Yes. Next day. Mm-hmm. Next day. And when they were cold, you know, a big jacket floated by and they were able, even though the jacket was wet, they were able to warm themselves under the jacket. They also used the, uh, the lights had all gone on out. They were in darkness. The verse from Isaiah came to them, fear thou not for I will help thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So, and they, each, each one was to say something aloud scientific. The husband repeated the scientific statement of being. Then someone read or, or repeated the dear consoling words of our leader, peace be still, our father is at the helm. Now, Parthens looked that up and sent it to me, and that was what uh, these simple words were published at the head of the editorial columns of the Christian Science Sentinel in two successive issues, August 3rd and August 10th, 1899, by our beloved leader, when she was quieting the concern and fears of those who loved her. And this was during the next friend's suit. suit. So these were the words she used to quiet all that fear. And thank you, Parthens, for looking that up. And then they repeated the 91st Psalm. And then the little girl um, repeated Mother's beautiful poem, the hymn, Satisfied. It matters not what be thy lot, so love doth guide. So by 11, the little girl noticed the water was receding. And eventually, things got better. But then it said, not until we were able to leave our house did we realize how wonderfully we had been protected and how much we had to be grateful for. We found that our house had floated a distance of two squares, which Suzanne had discovered. Two two city blocks. Thank you, Suzanne. Um, And upon going around to where it had stood, a realization of the awful destruction that had been wrought dawned upon us. For where, where that afternoon we had looked out upon hundreds of pretty homes in front of us was now a barren waste. The houses were piled up in mountains of wreckage all around us. While our house had been carried to the highest part of the highest street in the neighborhood, and there it stood perfectly intact, out of harm's way, from the floating debris, which would surely have demolished if it had not, if it had not gone when, when we did. Surely did we feel grateful that we had placed our safety in the Father's hands with the feeling that not my will but thine be done. So... That is a story. They entered heaven's gate, didn't they? Through prayer. And that's what that article talks about. You can enter a beautiful hymn we have. Enter heaven's gate through prayer. And they were saved. I want to, Linda found the, that page. It's in the 118th edition, I believe, of Science and Health. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we, she looked it up for me. <laughs> she asked me if I would find it, and I looked it up. It's the page where it talks about the vapid fury and earthquake. Oh, oh thank you. Bugs. Thank yeah. you very much. I don't know where thank that you is. for that. Yes. Because it's a different page. In exactly. <laughs> so, well, we had some more things I asked Linda to bring, but we can do that another day. Another miraculous, so called miraculous things that happen through prayer. Never doubt it. Never, ever doubt it. We're going to end now with dear Martha Wilcox, scientific translations, which always help. Well, they've always helped me to give a better sense of matter and the unreality of matter and how to think about it. 
Yeah, and this is a little section entitled Man and the Universe Translated. How shall we translate man and the universe back into spirit? We do this by knowing and feeling that spirit, mind, or conscious life lives in all things and as all things. All things are the spiritual evidence of mind. There should be a feeling of infinite tenderness towards the things of spirit, which are here before us, even though we see them now as through a glass darkly. We can never behold the creations of spirit at hand so long as we see things as matter or illusions or nothing and try to destroy them. The work of a Christian scientist is to discern the spiritual fact of whatever the material senses behold. Only in this way can man and the universe be translated back into spirit. As we experience perfect life more abundantly, we begin to view everything about us in a more perfect way. And as we discern the spiritual fact of all things, the material accompaniments such as inanimate life, weight, density, solidity, finiteness, impermanence, insecurity, uncertainty, time, and place will vanish from our consciousness and human experience. Spiritual objects are forms of spiritual thought, and thought will finally be understood and seen in all form, substance, and color, but without material accompaniments. That's from Science and Health, page 310. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.